Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Whoever Perished Being Innocent. It shall be focused on the study of Job chapter 4. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you, Lord, for your mercy towards us. And as we see here, Eliphaz beginning leveling his accusations against Job, saying, whoever perished being innocent. Father, we thank you for Job and how he stood out knowing that he had met your requirement. He had gone over and above. He had sacrificed pre-adventure. His children had sinned against you. Job was a man that continually eschewed evil and was upright before you and was perfect before you. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, to see that you even preserved him because of his uprightness. May that be our testimony, too, where, Lord, you says the name of the Lord is a mighty tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. Help us to take shelter under your name and not under any other name. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Job chapter 4. Chapter 4 Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered and said, If we essay to commune with thee, wilt thou be grieved? But who can withhold himself from speaking? Behold, thou hast instructed many, and thou hast strengthened the weak hands. Thy words have upholden him that was falling, and thou hast strengthened the feeble knees. But now it has come upon thee, and thou faintest. It toucheth thee, and thou art troubled. Is not this thy fear, thy confidence, thy hope, and the uprightness of thy ways? Remember, I pray thee, whoever perished being innocent, or where would the righteous cut off? Even as I have seen, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. By the blast of God they perish, and by the breath of his nostrils are they consumed. The roaring of the lion and the voice of the fierce lion and the teeth of the young lions are broken. The old lion perisheth for lack of prey, and the stout lion's whelps are scattered abroad. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and mine ear received a little thereof. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face, the hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his Maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants, and his angels he charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Doth not their excellency which is in them go away? They die, even without wisdom. Up next... We shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, I Have Heard But Now I See. This was preached in 1965 on November the 27th in the evening. We'll begin at paragraph 44 up to paragraph 79. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Job, let's take a little of his life. Job was a prophet. 
He was a man that lived back before the Bible was written. It's been thought that Job was one of the oldest books of the Bible because it was written before Genesis was written. Job, this great warrior and prophet, was a, a mighty man in his day. No doubt that he'd been brought up and had served the Lord all of his life. And had lived such a gallant life to the people all had respects for him, but he'd come to a place to where he calls it here being tempted of the Lord. But I'd like to use the word being tested by the Lord. And truly, every son that cometh to God must first be tested, tried, child trained. And then if the testing gets hard and we think it's too hard and won't listen, take heed. Then he said, we become a illegitimate child and not a child of God because there's nothing can move a real born again child of God away from his parents. He's part of him. You can no more deny it. You can deny yourself. You've had the experience. You've been trained and tested. And now this man being a prophet. He had had access to God's grace. But Job didn't have a Bible to read. He, uh, the Bible wasn't wrote then. But he had access to God by revelation and by vision. That's before the Bible was written. Now we find out, take some of his life, when God blessed him and made him a great man, why even... Everybody respected him, even to his wisdom, had become so great his inspiration from God had vindicated him to be God's servant so plainly until the people come from everywhere to hear him. And then Satan began to accuse that man. And that's the way he does ever inspired servant of God. Satan is always there to accuse him of everything that he does that's not right. Now we find out uh, his life and trials and his great faith. Even Jesus, when he came on the earth, he uh, referred to the patience of Job. He said, have you not read of the patience of Job? Faith waits with patience for the promised word to be fulfilled. Now we notice here... That Job, after he went through his trials, all of his afflictions, he had a lovely family, they were taken from him. He had good health, it was taken from him. Everything that he owned in this life was taken, and he sat on an ash heap with a piece of crock scraping his boils. And even to his own wife, spoke against him. She said, uh, why not curse God and die? He said, thou speakest like a foolish woman. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now, Satan had come up before God, because he could come before God and accuse the Christians or the believers all the time. So he accused Job of many things and said it Job the reason he could serve God because everything was coming good for him. But said, if you'll just let me have him in my hands, I'll make him curse you to your face. I want you to notice 
that the confidence that God had in a believer. See? He's, in other words, God said to Job, or said to Satan like this, you can't do it. He's a just man, justified. He is a good man. He, there's not one like him in the whole earth. Oh, what a man. That God himself would say to his enemy, my servant is so perfect, there's not another man on earth like him. Oh, if we could only be that kind of a man. God could bestow that confidence upon us. That no, it will not twist from his word or his being anyway. Stay exactly, and he can put his trust in us. Now, Job was a man that carried out God's commandments to the letter. Exactly. And Satan knew that. But he said, if you just let me have him, I'll make him curse you to your face. So God told him, he said, now he's in your hands, but don't you take his life. And Satan even stretched as far as he could on that. He took every friend and everything he had, almost his complete life. But he couldn't take his life. But Job still held right on. There was no turning back. You see, when a man or a person has once really come in contact with God, with that genuine revealed faith that God is, there's nothing, no time, nowhere can ever separate that man from his God. I believe as Paul said, there's no strife, no hunger, no perils, neither living creatures or death or anything that can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. You are securely anchored in Him because you were ordained to that life. But Satan thought he could twist him around a little bit and cuff him up and make him do it. But you see, Job, with his perfect revelation of God and who God was and how God loved him, he waited, no matter what the circumstances was, he waited for his faith to be confirmed because it had a grip on God, a revelation that I spoke of last night. Now, when the sick people, it's in the building, the crippled people, or you that have a need of God, when you can get that type of a revelation that you are justified, when you are actually justified in asking the thing that you're asking for, and believe that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek after Him, there's nothing can ever separate you from that faith that's anchored to you. Amen. But first it has to be revealed to you. Someone come not long ago, a group of men, some of them listening in tonight, and told me, said, I kept telling them, go to Kentucky. Oral's down there. I knew it was. I seen it in a vision. Well, Brother Demas and them didn't go for a long time. After a while, finally they said, after Texas had moved in, and they said, uh, now we're going down. I said, you ought to went a long time ago. But they didn't do it. Demas said, I made a great mistake in that. We're not doing that, Brother Branham. I said, if you'd have went down there, you'd have had it all. Well, they wouldn't listen to it. Then, the first, then before we left that night, the, the place where we're having lunch, the Holy Spirit showed me a great 
a crack in the earth. And in that was full of oil. And these overflows in Kentucky were just little beds of oil that they were pumping from. But this one come from the main stream. And I said, Brother Demas, it's there. So they went to searching for it. said, go down and tell us where the, where, where the oil well is. I said, oh, no. No, no. See, we don't use a gift of God for commercial. No, no. He could tell me where it was at, but I don't have any need of it. I wouldn't have faith enough to ask him. See, if I had a need of it, I believe if I'd ask him, he'd tell me. But first, you see, your motives and objectives has to be right. You have to have reasons for this. God don't give you those things just because you asked, and you cannot ask in faith unless there's a real objective to that, to be in the will of God. See, if you want to be well, what do you want to be well for? If you want to be healed, what's the reason you want to be healed? What are you telling God? What do you want to do with your life when you get healed? There's got to be, you've got to have a motive and objective, and they have to be right according to the will of God. And that's when the faith is revealed to you, and God, by sovereign grace, places that faith in there, then it's over. Now, see, now to make that word true... When the brethren got down there, they got one fellow went over and bought a bunch of stuff and sold leases and cheated the other one in this way. I said, you see, it won't work. Now just to make the prophecy sure, within a hundred yards of where these men were digging their well, some man struck the big gusher. And it's there, 1,100 barrels of oil in a half a day or something like that, still putting it out, right in that main stream. But just to make the prophecy, the word that had been said that it was there, it was there. The rest of them nearly is all dried up everywhere through Kentucky. Little ponds. They pump them a little while. They go, it's only overflow from this. See? But because of the selfishness got among it, the objectives was wrong. Signing up a bunch of stuff that would be this way when they promised they would do it for the kingdom of God. But it looked like it's for themselves. And it won't work. No selfish thing will work. Your motives and objectives has to be exactly perfectly right. Then you have faith that if our hearts condemn us not, then we have confidence. See, we've got to have confidence. I want this to the honor and glory of God. Then faith has a a channel to move into. If it doesn't, then you've got mental, intellectual faith and not genuine faith from God. That intellectual faith will get you nowhere. Might get you emotional, but it won't get you the healing that you're looking for. So Job, checking himself with the genuine faith that God had given to him, that he was just, that he had done everything that God required him to do. Now, when we're going to be prayed for, for our sickness, I wonder if we have done everything that God requires us to do. Have we followed every iota of the Scripture? Have we given him our hearts and lives to service? What's the reason you want to be healed? That's the reason you can't get faith enough. See? Because you haven't maybe made this thing to God sincerely from your heart. Like Hezekiah did. Give God the reason. He wanted to set his kingdom in order. And God sent his prophet back and told him that he'd be healed. See? But you have to have those things made right first. So then... As soon as you get to these places and know that it's been revealed to you by the Word of God, by the revelation, by the Word that God requires you to do, then you have faith, genuine faith. Now, 
Just like Abraham, when he was uh, 99 years old, uh, read Genesis 17. God appeared to this old man now, 99 years old, when he was almost 100 years old, that had been waiting upon that promise all these years. He appeared to him in the name of El Shaddai, the breasted one. And what an encouragement it was, yet the promise wasn't fulfilled then, but Abraham, I am the almighty God, El Shaddai, the strength giver, the breasted God, like I've told you before, like the little baby that's fretting and sick and crying, and it lays upon its mother's breast and nurses its strength back from her. Because it's satisfied while it's a nursing. Because the only access it has and knows of is the mother's breast. It knows no dose of medicine. You might give him a dose of medicine, squeal and cry, give him a shot in the arm and he'd carry on. But the only access to satisfy him is the mother's breast. And he said, Abraham, you're old. Your strength is gone. Your arms are withered up. Your manhood's gone. But I am your mother. Just take a hold of my promise and be satisfied while you're waiting. Be rested. Now, that's why every believer, no matter how bad the cancer's got you, how long you've been sitting in a wheelchair, any of those things, just if you can grasp that revelation from God, then be satisfied knowing that it's going to happen because faith waits patiently for the promise. Job knew that he was right when we find out here in the scriptures that there was these fellows come to him his church members everything that once seemed dear to him had turned against him and tried to accuse him of being a secret sinner because all these things that happened to him you hear people yet today say I told you look at him you see why that ain't altogether the truth sometimes it's God testing his people in this case it was God testing Job the best man there was on earth at the time. Now, he was holding him there because it, he knew Job was a prophet that had a vision from God that he had exactly done what God told him to do and he, God was duty-bound to keep his promise to him. Oh, all Christians has got to be that. When the last struggle of our life comes and death rattles are in our throat, we still must hold steady and remember that God said, I'll raise you up again at the last day. Amen. Got to hold that. That our testimony, our place in Christ, our position, what we are, knowing that we have kept every word of His commandment. Blessed are they that do His commandments that they might have the right to enter in. See, And when we know that no matter what anyone has said, we've kept every commandment that we see in the Bible that God has done us, told us to do with reverence and love and respect to the Creator who wrote the Bible. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word which went forth. May it fall on 
fertile ground, that it might germinate unto everlasting life in our souls. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.